Well, hello again and welcome to League Indeed for another week. My name is Ben and with me, as always, sitting across from me today because I found a nice little perch on the lounge with my extendable microphone stand, is Sam. Hello, Sam. Hello, everyone. You'll have to excuse me. I'm a little husky this week. I've been battling a dreaded lurgy for most of the week and I'm just coming towards the end of it. Have you been contact traced? No, I'm okay. It's not the COVID. It's not the dreaded COVID. It's just the cold that I probably caught from one of the kids at school. Charming. That's why I'm sitting on the lounge. Mm. What's news? Well, lots going on in the uh, Rugby League world this week, and we just watched uh, Justice Hooney take care of the young fella in the ring, didn't we? So I think Gal's got his work cut out for him in a couple of weeks, doesn't he? My first time watching Justice Hooney, and I've got to say I'm very impressed. He's a very big man. Nice stinging jab, lots of nice head movement, fast on his feet. Gal's got all kinds of problems if he can't get on the inside, which I don't think he'll be able to. Well, that kid that he was fighting then is like a brick shit house. Holy crap, he couldn't knock him over. Well, Gal's got a good chin, yeah, but I don't know. I think he might have bitten off more more than he can chew. He was ringside tonight cheering rather heavily for the kid from Cameroon. Uh, Christian, Christian Soy. Christian Soy, yeah, hoping that he would knock um, Justice out, I think, so that Gal didn't have to front up in a few weeks, but we'll <laughs> see what happens. Well, I tell you, he's, Gal's up against a proper fighter at the top of his craft, so, uh, yeah, we'll be watching that one with interest as we are both uh, students of the boxing game, you more than me. Plenty of turmoil in the rugby league proper, though. Well, have you heard about Origin moving, possibly, from the MCG? I hadn't up until about two minutes ago when you told me. What are the what are the proposed venues? Well, there's a COVID crisis going on in Melbourne at the moment, and so uh, they were talking about moving it to Canberra, LOL. That'd probably be all right. Yeah, I suppose. They wouldn't, where would they hold it, though? How many people are you going to get there? 80,000 people? What are you, where are you going to put them in the car park? No, they wouldn't have to, see, because you're not going to... I mean, a lot of people won't travel from Sydney or Brisbane down to Canberra to watch it. So, you'd, what does it hold? Twenty five, thirty thousand at a pinch. Hmm. But they said maybe Adelaide or Perth. Perth has missed out on um, a couple of games. So, to be fair, bringing it over here. Yeah, but we went. We went to an Origin a couple of years ago at Optus Stadium, and I got to say, mm. I mean, I enjoyed the spectacle and the atmosphere and everything, but I couldn't see a bloody thing. It's not the right stadium. They need to have it at an NIB Stadium, whatever it's called, now, yes. the soccer ground. That's a bit, that's that's uh, one of my favourite grounds to watch football. It's an absolute beaut. That is a good ground, but then again, you're only getting what thirty thousand in there. Not even that. Yeah, well, it was a sellout over here at Optus, wasn't it? I think yeah. there was about sixty-five thousand people there. So uh, yeah, Adelaide would be good. What do you reckon about Adelaide Oval? Well, again, you got the problem yeah. of cricket ground. You can't so, can't see anything. But mm. I don't think a lot of a lot of the casual fans, like we saw here a couple of years ago at Optus Stadium, I, don't, I think the the looky lose don't really care if they can see anything or not. They're just there to have fourteen cans and yeah. get in a fight and tell everyone they went to the state of origin and they don't know what's going on on yeah. the field. Be part of Blatchy's Blues. Yeah. Get themselves a blue wig <laughs> on the way in. <laughs> Oh, listen to my listen to my laugh there! Holy shit! Sorry, uh, sorry, everybody. You'll just have to put up with me. Uh, bloody Warren Smith's talking about pouring down the sideline. Did you notice this? Is you the one that brought this up on the group chat? 
No, I don't think so. But Warren says pouring all the time. Pouring down the sideline. It reminds me of in the cricket where they say, oh, he squirted that one away. <laughs> God, I hate it. And they latch onto these things. And then the, surely there's a producer that just pulls him aside and says, Warren, you just said pouring about 800 times. Can you please stop it? Well, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of the same as my pet hate leaking points. Well, yeah. I mean, both well, no, have let- to do with water. Yeah, but no, leaking points doesn't make any sense. At least pouring. Like, I, I kind of get what he's talking about. Like, when you see him, it is like you're pouring something down the sink when you see one of these silky wingers <laughs> taking off down the sideline. And they're not, not running in a spiral. No. Oh, yeah, I suppose. But no, I, yeah, I get what you mean. What's that called? Uh, centrifugal force? No. Uh, I don't know. I don't we'll know. look that one up. I don't care what it's called. Uh, that, that's a pretty weird beef you've got there. But <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because it just reminded me of the cricket. Like I said, squirt, oh, he squirt that one away the offside and he squirted <laughs> yeah. that down the cow corner. It's like, what? You get the squirt reference, though. It squirts off the bat. Like it, yeah, it pinches between what? the bat and the pitch and squirts off. Oh, <laughs> God. It's like someone said, hey, that's a cool thing to say. Keep saying that. Oh, and so then they, took, they take the ball and run with it and so now it's pouring everywhere and squirting everywhere yeah but that's every week i get the shits with the commentators like full of running and middle third (laughs) and all the things that blocker will pick up on it soon and then and then um and then you'll hate it even more no but brock yeah because i do like warren smith he's one of my favorite commentators but i just noticed it that he's yeah he's just latched onto this thing so i don't know just stop it warren come up with something else hmm and speaking of bumper crowds, did you notice the Broncos and Roosters had 500,000 viewers? It was the second highest rating football game of all time. I did, yeah, I heard tell of that. What do you think that's down to? Well, I don't know. There wasn't that many people at the stadium, as per, <laughs> yeah, but that's, for a that's Roosters a game, because it was a Roosters home game. But I... I, I I can't understand it because it's not like the Broncos. And, of course, it turned out pretty good for the Broncos, but they weren't to know that when they tuned in. I presume they take these ratings from the start or is it from the last 15 minutes when all the Broncos fans were getting on the phone saying, quick, turn Channel 9 on, they're about to win. Well, I did I did read that um, Fox Sports ratings are, if you hit your, hit your remote and the, the screen loads, so to speak... Like even if you're on your way from one channel to another, if that screen pops up on your, if the image pops up on your screen, it's counted as a view. Right. So maybe there was people switching between, what channel is it on these days? 502? Yeah. Maybe they're going from 501 to 503 constantly. I don't know. (laughs) But no, Brisbane have been kind of going okay or better than they have been all year. And maybe the Brisbane fans got a little bit of hope and decided to tune in. Who knows? But it's good for the... There's always a bit of doom and gloom around about about ratings and comparing ourselves to the AFL and such. So it's it's a good good to post a good number, no matter no matter who's playing. Yeah, I suppose. It, I thought that rugby league was the highest rating TV show on Fox or on Channel Nine. It's something crazy like that. That like out of everything, it's the highest rating thing on TV for yeah. one of them. I think. Well, it'll never struggle. And I noted um, with interest this week that. Uh, Channel 10 have signed the A-League for five years for, I think it was 14 million or something like really cheap. Yeah, that's but cheap. I thought what that's done is taken a potential bargaining chip away from the Rugby League for their next contract because oh. if Channel 10 signed them, for, they're not going to go for the NRL as well, you wouldn't think. Yeah, or maybe do. they will, but I, I doubt it. But that takes out one, you know, one... One channel that you can play off against another one for a bigger deal, but Volandis doesn't seem to be that concerned with money. 
Well, one of the big, big, big news stories of the week has been rugby league bad boy Victor Radley getting rubbed out of the competition for five weeks, I think, after going to Phillip Street or Fox Studios or wherever they do it now to appeal his sentence. Uh, I think he was up, up against two charges. One was for one week and the other one was for two weeks, I think, which would have rubbed him out for three. Went and fought it, got five, and... Well, I'll, I'll, I'll hold judgment until you've teed off. Well, he's clearly delusional if he thinks he was going to get off any of those because they were, they were 10 minutes in the bin any day of the week, like crackdown or not. So for the first tackle where I think he collected Pangai, it seemed like him and Pangai were having a good little ding-dong battle and, um, and props to Pangai Jr. for actually getting under his skin and making him go like that, for starters, because I think someone must have worded him up and said, look, do this to Victor the Inflictor and he'll go crazy and he'll get sent off under these new rules and it worked a treat. So, anyway, so doesn't that tell you a lot about the Roosters and about where they're at in their headspace that that someone said, yeah, it's a good idea, I think you should go and fight these, Victor, but to the letter of the law of what they've been cracking down on, just take the three weeks, right? Well, yeah, that that was my main main takeaway from this whole saga with him and Crichton was you'll remember a month ago maybe a little bit more maybe five weeks ago Trent Trent came out and said that it was unacceptable after Tedesco got smacked around the head (laughs) unacceptable that someone should be able to stay on the field after after hitting somebody high and everyone lost their minds that the greatest player in the world ever could be rubbed out for a couple of weeks with an HIA because someone collected him high and then it kind of snowballed with Hutchison getting kneed in the ribs, which was, I, I agreed with yeah, all that. That was yes. that was wrong. That should have been punished on the spot. And I think Dylan Brown should have got longer than what he did, but that's beside the point now. But all this has led to this crackdown. And then you've got a bloke like Victor Radley. That first shot he did on Albert Kelly was disgraceful. He jumped up. It was late. Elbowed him. In, uh, sorry, shouldered him in the head. It was late. It was high. high. He jumped into it. And then you've got... Blokes like James Graham defending Victor Radley, saying, "Well, I think he just looks confused. I don't. I think they should have bloody, they should have had a meeting with the players and explained why they were." Shut up, James. Because the, they they knew they know exactly. This is the second week of the crackdown, or what it has been. Yeah, and and Radley decided to go out there and tackle high. Yeah, it was he like he was trying to prove a point. He was, wasn't it? It was like he's like, "Oh, okay, no, you guys are wrong, and I'm right." And he's even come out and defended himself after getting banned for five matches and said, I'm not going to change anything. Well, Everything's fine about how I tackle. I read that headline. Admittedly, I read that headline and took it on face value, which was wrong with me because it was Fox Sports or Telegraph or somewhere like that. And I listened to the full interview and he did explain himself after after he copped the thing, uh, five weeks. He said, I think my tackling technique is right. I've just got to get my areas in the right spot, which I totally agree with. Radley's probably the best defender in the NRL when he gets his 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 zones right. But you can't jump into tackles like he was doing. He did it to Kelly and he did it to Pangai. He actually like up on his toes trying yeah. to trying to hurt fellas up top when he's just as effective as was 
uh, I think he was a bit offside, but when he hit the, I think he hit the winger in the ribs. Oh, I'd say when he got put on report, but he didn't get sent off yeah. again. Oh, that was just for a bit of smut on the ground after he yeah, hit no, him. No, that was Pangai again. It was oh. like him and Pangai had this big battle going, and he was five metres offside at least. Oh, I don't think he if, was. Oh, he was. He was dreadfully offside because he only just got the ball. Anyway, but apart from that, but um, and the carry-on, the carry-on on the field where he's like swearing and carrying on at the ref and yeah like surely that was worth another couple of weeks for um contrary conduct or whatever they call it as well like no that that was james graham's whole point well he just looks confused and i don't think he understand he just looks like he he doesn't oh. think he'd done anything wrong well that was the yeah, end well then well, how that's could on you not well then that's on the the roosters then for not explaining it to him so if they've got a part in this as well like any other coach or any other organization should have sat him down and said victor you're guilty. How are you going to get off those tackles? How are you going to get off those tackles? What are you going to go in and say, oh, that's just how I tackle? They're trying to stamp it out. It's bad for the game. I'm 100% behind them. I was a bit iffy about it. Oh, I'm going to talk about it a little bit later about how some of the ones I think are a little bit iffy, like if they're accidental. But there was nothing accidental about what he was doing. He was trying to go out there and prove a point. Yeah, he was. He was. He'd make his mark on the game, stamp his authoritar on the game and, and be a hard man and everything. And fine, be a hard man all you want, but just don't be jumping at little blokes after they've kicked. Yeah. Jesus Christ, what's so hard to understand about this? Well, that's James Graham's <laughs> point. Are, are they ever He's gonna, confused. Are they ever going to get it? Are these blokes ever going to get it? Like, is it going to take... How many send-offs has there been in the last two weeks? Like, uh, sorry, 10 minutes, so I'm calling them send-offs. Like, people off the ground. It's got to be a record, right? It's got to be more 10 minutes from those last two rounds than there was all of last year, right? They'll get it eventually, though, I reckon. They'll, they'll, well, I hope they do because they it's ruining the... Well, it's not. It's almost like a joke now. It's almost like they're all kind of laughing. Oh, I just got 10 minutes. It's almost like a badge of honour to them. And, and, but well, we saw we saw with the, the spear tackle and the... Um, and all of those grubby Melbourne tackles, like the the, oh, the chicken wings and all of that. What was the famous one? The grapple tackle. Grapple tackle. Yeah, wrenching their necks and stuff like that. That all got that that took a while to get out of the game because blokes just thought that they were kidding and they kept trying it on and trying it on and eventually they realised that the NRL wasn't going to back down. And the same thing's going to happen here because you know no no way Volandis is going to back down now. Okay, well then the then the onus is on the clubs to stamp it out of their game and not support bullfeds like Radley when they want to go to the judiciary and fight these charges. Someone should have pulled him aside and said, no, you're in the wrong, cop it, and we'll get back to doing what we do. And similarly, I think the teams have got to get together and tell each other, have meetings, coaches sit them all down and say, boys... We know they're cracking down, but how about we don't lie on the ground trying oh, to pull these penalties? Oh, my God. Did let's, you see it? Let's bloody all band together and try and make the game a good spectacle. Because at the mo- people are turning off their TVs left, right and centre because it's a real mess at the well, moment. And it's a means to an end, I know. But, geez, I haven't been enjoying it very much. There's no, a couple I'm of good wo- games on the weekend. but but Well, now you're talking about that. There was a couple that the referees actually missed. So one was on Paul Vaughan where he reckoned he got a crusher tackle. And then when they look at the replays and everything, it's like, oh, yeah, well, he was kind of falling down. I suppose technically it was a crusher tackle. The bloke gets sent off for 10 minutes when they would have missed it if Vaughan hadn't stayed down. And same thing with Nathan Brown did the exact same thing in the Parramatta game as well. Yeah. And I'm sure it was probably about half a dozen other times where these blokes are just staying down. 
and they've got all the luxury of the bloody blokes up in the box. Yeah, but that that's been happening for a long time now. So I'm not I'm not singling it out just because of the crackdown, but. The players can go a long way to making it a better spectacle than they are at the moment. Because yeah. remember, the whole the whole idea of this whole revolution in rules and stuff was to speed the game up. But what we're seeing at the moment is every five minutes we've got to stop, yeah. put someone on, on report, send them to the bin, check the video. The games are going for bloody two hours now. Yeah, well, we spoke about the, it last week where the referee shouldn't be putting them on report, should be up to the match review. So Yeah, yeah. What, what's wrong with doing it on the run like they did, like we spoke about a couple of weeks ago in the 80s? They didn't stop at all. They just pointed at him and said, you, off. Off, yeah. And then, and then play yeah, on. Like a big committee meeting. But, hey, I like the idea of you uh, getting all the coaches together. I just got that scene out of The Godfather <laughs> where they're all around the big round table in that real fancy restaurant and then someone busts in and open fires on everybody. I don't think uh, anyone's going to open fire on them, but... What do they call it? Breaking bread. Breaking bread. I, yeah, I'd they'd love all be to like say, mafia bosses sitting around. There'd be some fights if they. Well, oh. I think they do do that at the start of the season. They all get together for a little conference and be, try and be nice to each other for a while. <laughs> oh God, they should do it halfway through the year and air their grievances. Geez, there's some personalities there. Ah, oh, yeah. Well, see, this all goes back to the arrogance of Trent Robinson. Doesn't it? <laughs> like, we can always find a way to but, blame Trent. But it's it's true though. Like, what an arrogant. <laughs> idiot to go yeah go for it victor go for it angus go and fight your charges fellas you're in the right yeah i'll stand by my boys like fuck no he did he did say in the press conference i I was waiting for a huge blow up because they that i mean they didn't play well enough to win the game but it's getting sent off and all the reports and stuff didn't help him but he did say that oh i think my boys have got to get their target areas adjusted and yeah, but like I say before, he was the one that was moaning and complaining about these high tackles and that some justice had to be served immediately. So he <laughs> certainly got what he wanted. I'm just surprised Jared Warrior Hargreaves hasn't been sent off yet. Yeah, well, he was the he was like clean clean as a whistle on and and but um this is one of those games that looked like it was about to spiral out of control and I hate that where I was, where you get that sense that the referees lost all control. Oh, you did it, a good job. Yeah, but it wasn't that's what I mean it wasn't the referee's fault. It was bloody Radley was just carrying yeah. on like a bloody two bob lair and he lost his bloody He, he lost his, his mind. Cool. He lost his mind. He had to go off and cool his heels. But that was, isn't that the thing? Like, you go off for 10 minutes and someone says, right, pull your head in. But then he got sent off for another 10 minutes. So he didn't learn any lessons. He didn't cool his heels. No, he did not at all, I think. Um, well, he's cooling his heels for the next five weeks, and rightly so. Good. Good what one. Do you, what do you, I, reckon, I went to ask you this last week when we started talking about the crackdown. What do you think is the solution? I think it would go a long way to fixing a lot of things if they... Figured out, and I don't know how, that's what I'm going to ask you, but how do you reward a legs tackle? Yeah, that's what they were talking about, weren't they? Uh, Wouldn't that go a long way to fixing things? A, you get the high shot, because at the moment the best way to to control the ruck is to go in high, like up around the chest and shoulders to wrap the ball up. Yes. The other thing is that you um, rewarding a legs tackle gets rid of this whole quick play the ball and the six again calls and because at the moment you grab a bloke around the legs grass him the referee immediately says get off yeah and then you and then the the ball player can just bounce to his feet quick play the ball six again and well there's your answer you let him lie in the ruck longer is that the only way to do it though? Because I don't think that's a that's a feasible solution. Well, I was thinking about this. So, what does it do when you go up around the shoulders and everything? Shuts down the offload, doesn't it? 
So mm. is the offload such a big weapon? Like, do you just let them offload? Do you just go, okay, well, you get one or two blokes in the tackle, you get a nice grassing kind of tackle um, around the legs or around the, the pelvis or something like that. And, yeah, if they get, you know, most of these blokes probably go to ground anyway. Some of them probably offload. And so you just get – it's it's a similar thing to six again anyway. And that's speeding up the game, isn't it? Like, if you just got this continuous kind of movement, you know, like, and then when you don't want them to offload, you go up, you get one up higher. Well, there comes a point where teams just won't offload anymore. If Yeah, because if, if you've just got one or two in the tackle, then you're still presenting a pretty straight defensive exactly. line. Still got, yeah, you still got... And you got, can offload at... at yeah, you still you've got, got your him. defensive line yeah. set because you don't have four blokes in the tackle trying to wrap them up high to stop the offload. So mm. is it such a big thing? And then if they go, okay, well, that's a nice... That one was around the, the rib cage or whatever, fair tackle, two blokes in it or whatever. Let him lie in the ruck for another two seconds and slow the play the ball down a bit like that. What, call it dominant? Yeah, exactly. Dominant well, we'll see, do you ever hear dominant tackles anymore? Yeah, I have, I've heard it a couple of times lately and I'd forgotten all about it, to be honest. Well, that's, I can't even remember the last time I heard it. All yeah. I hear is, up, up. I, oh, no, maybe I haven't heard dominant. I've heard surrender, yeah. surrender. Yeah, you have a definitive call like that and the referee's counting in his head one one thousand, two one thousand, <laughs> three one thousand. Dominant like and then and then, you know, getting them to get up then. Yeah. I reckon that's the only way you're gonna do it. And I and I applaud it. I think it's gonna be good for but the game then, if that happens. On the other hand, you've got um Victor Radley said that the the answer isn't tackling low because that's when you knock yourself out. And well, the, the stats back this up because I read a stat that seventy I think seventy something percent of HIAs are caused in defence because of yep. the way that runners run these days by turning their hips. But I can't see any difference the way they run these days to how they did back in the nineties and the eighties. Well, you're right, they do turn. Look at Aaron Woods and those blokes backing into tackles. But you you got a really good point there because I think it happened to Jake Turpin did almost like a textbook tackle and knocked himself almost clean out and had to go off um I don't know if he came back, did he? I don't think so. But um yeah, but it was like it was one of those tackles that you train when you're six years old, you know, like when they got the tackling bags out and that's where they show you where to hit. But Will blokes still turn their hips and back into tackles like Junior Paulo and Aaron Woods do if they haven't got three blokes aiming at their chest trying to wrap the ball up? Because as far as I can see, they they do that so that they've got the option to offload. But if you've got a a cement Gillespie type aiming in at at your thighs trying to cork your quads then I don't think you're going to turn as readily, are you? You're going to try and make some metres instead. Well, it's funny. We just watch boxing then with all the body shots and everything. What do you reckon hurts you more, a body shot or a head shot? Like as far as, oh, you yeah, know, copping sure. the punishment. Like if I copped one around the solar plexus or whatever, I wouldn't be looking to offload. Like if I copped a proper, you know, wrapping tackle with the shoulder driving fair into my bread basket, like... Oh, 100%. If you, if you, if you get whacked around the head, it might knock you out. Yeah, exactly. But, but that's you're not going to be scared to run again. Oh. Whereas if someone grab, jams you up under the ribs, then you don't want to run at that plug again because exactly. that hurts. And that's how they used to tackle. You know, like mm. you just said, Cement Gillespie and the, and the rest of them used to hit like that. Mm. And it was a much better spectacle because, yeah, that, like, like I said, that's, that's the last thing you want to try and do is offload when you can't breathe. Yeah, well, we might just get out our pens and paper and send a telegram to Volandis, eh? I think we've solved it. The line is drawn in the sand, never to be crossed. Well, we missed him terribly last week, but he's back this week. Craig from Goolagong's on the line. 
G'day, Craig. What kind of dusty backroads of rugby league history are you going to lead us down this week? Uh, the, 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 the La Belle Avenue de France, Ooh, I believe. Exotic. You know, it's, uh, yes. Uh, we're going to France. All right. Um, last fellow we spoke about was, of course, Bumper Farrell, uh, nicknamed so because of his, his love of uh, cigarettes uh, off the street. Um, our subject today is uh, has a similar nickname. He was known as uh, Pipette, <laughs> uh, his because he used to smoke all the time. In fact, he used to smoke uh, whilst playing occasionally. <laughs> um, he was a fullback, so he was behind the line, and uh, he, he famously in a game against Wigan, um, it was in a snowstorm and. Uh, this fellow, he's, he's, I haven't announced who he is. He's uh, Pew or Pui or Bear. Pui or Bear, I think, is probably the best pronunciation of it. Um, there has been some discussion and research gone into this a bit like uh, old mate Rabs, uh, but I'm not <laughs> quite sure I'm saying his, his, his name correctly. Uh, how do you spell it. that first name? P U G H. P U I G. Ah, oh, P U I G. Yeah. yeah, so and uh, he's from the south, the southern part of France. Um, so he's almost Spanish, and the Spanish uh, pronounce it Puig. And I think uh, in some of the clips I've seen, it's Puig. And but Frank Hyde, who should know, um, says Pouge <laughs> or Bear. So uh, yeah, but Frank uh, Frank is talking after the fact. Anyway, um. Uh, Pipette, uh, Mr. Aubert, was a fullback and a goal kicker of incredible skill. Um, he revolutionised the game with his uh, his kicking ability and his uh, elusive running. Um, they were entertainers, the French uh, national team back in the 40s and 50s, and they were... Uh, world beaters. Basically, they came to Australia in 1951 and beat us here the first time they'd ever been out here. Wow. Um, and when you consider the situation of that generation of footballers, um, Pew was born in uh, like 1925. So by the beginning of the war, he was 14. And by the end, towards the end of the war, he was in his late teens and he was beginning to play football. But the thing is, um, there was the Vichy government in charge who were the collaborationist government who did sort of when the Germans invaded, um, these were French people who were effectively doing the dirty work of uh, the Nazi regime and they outlawed rugby league. Oh, the high, oh, the, oh, the the atrocity. Um, it, it was, yeah, it was. Um, so Pugh was playing, or Pig was playing schoolboy football, and he was a, a, a national champion that played union. But then, when the Vichy government got ousted, rugby league came back straight away, and he signed up with his local side, Carcassonne, which is down in the Languedoc. Uh, area of France, and that was in 1944. And by 1945, he was representing France as just uh, a 20-year-old, so a bit of a phenomenon. And he went on to, uh, I think, did 45 internationals. He beat Australia here. They ran runners-up in the first World Cup 
1954. There's a couple of uh, clips on YouTube of him. Uh, one of the 1951 test at the SCG, the deciding test where France won 26-15 and uh, Puig uh, slotted seven goals on a disgusting field field of rolled uh, rolled mud. They had these big fat bikes out there rolling it, the ro- rolling the mud so it's at least flat, uh, and then uh, it, it devolved into this. Uh, uh, mud fest, um, but yeah, the French beat Australia, and uh, he was a sensation. He um, was described by the Australian players as the best they'd ever seen. The way that the French played was uh, a, a expansive attacking style with lots of backing up. Um, Frank Hyde called them excitable. And uh, it was remarked upon, but that when they scored a try, they would go back to the other end, kissing each other, <laughs> which is very Gallic. Um, so, uh, lighting uh, each other's smokes. Yeah, well, <laughs> Prig, uh, he also favoured, uh, as French people do, a, uh, a, a snifter of wine uh-huh. with, uh, with half-time. <laughs> he was reported once to have three glasses of red at half time. And uh, there's this great thing I saw. He said um, when he scored a try, sometimes in club competition, he'd leave behind uh, behind the goal after he'd scored a handwritten poem, um, giving shit to the opposition, making them like humiliating them that uh, I've, I've scored again. <laughs> so. He's a bit of a character, Al Prig, and he went on to coach the national side uh, to some success, and he was a national selector. He is French Rugby League, Mr. Puig Pipet Albert. Fantastic stuff. Fantastic. I just want to hear a bit more about him smoking on the field, though. That's got me. In, uh... Yeah, well, he, did, he, he had an, an interesting philosophy um, at fullback. Um, I think he fancied himself as, a, as some sort of specialist kicker. He didn't think that at fullback you were required to tackle. <laughs> um, was the the allegation that was made against him in the Australian press that he didn't uh, feel he had to. Um, but there is a distinction. Quig uh, thought that by tackling someone who had broken through the line, he would expose a mistake by his colleagues in the back line. Oh. And he didn't wish to embarrass him. So it's a sort of a little uh, Gallic distinction, I suppose. There you go. Quite right. a fella. So- I, I had a, an experience at the football. Uh, the rugby union actually at Parc de France in Paris um, back in about 94, I went to a, a, a test match between Australia. Sorry to speak rugby union on the podcast. I don't wish to stink it up too much, but it is a good story. So, uh, I went to a game, uh, Wallabies versus France at the Parc de France. I got free tickets off a mate whose brother-in-law was associated with the team or some such rubbish. But we thought a weekend in Paris sounded pretty good and going to see a test match would be uh, worth a look. But I was sitting there in the stands, perfect season halfway, and then this French bloke in a uh, trench coat, smoking, comes and sits on the stairs next to me, and he's going, you, you are Australian? And I say, yeah. <laughs> and we're sort of, he starts, uh, Australia starts winning, and he starts getting the shits. 
and he takes it out on me by uh, uh, accusing me of various uh, methods of cheating. <laughs> he said, uh, this referee, this way referee, you give him everything. You give him your house. <laughs> you give him your your wife. If you even have a wife. <laughs> and he's just, uh, so I held back a bit of the French taunter from uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Um, that sort of uh, haranguing, and uh, we parted good friends at the end of the game. But that is the the Gallic nature. They like Australians like putting shit on each other, and uh, ah, it was right. a, a joy to see. But uh, that's my France experience. Very good. Oh, well, another terrific yarn. Thank you very much, Craig. We know that you stay up a bit a bit later oh. than usual to to come on and chat to us. So we really appreciate it. No worries, blokes. Yeah, fellas off the bed now. All right. Talk to you next week. See you, mate. Thanks, Craig. Well, as most loyal listeners know, we are tragic Raiders fans here at League Indeed, and time's come. We we can't put it off any longer. What's going on at Braddon? I think it all has to start at the top, doesn't it? It has to be Ricky Stewart problem, doesn't it? I mean, come on. He's got to go. I've decided. Jeez. Well, well he's going to recommend some counselling, but you no, reckon he's got to go? There's a pattern with this bloke. He did it at the Roosters. He did it at Cronulla. He, he had... He had Well, not so much power, I don't think, because that was all a bit of a bloody nightmare. But, at, well, Cronulla and Canberra are similar. He took him from also Rands to a grand final, got done... Uh, had another good year, and then it's just been all downhill ever since. The players don't seem to like him. All the players are fighting with each other. There's a pommy contingent there that seems to be, I don't know, have they got their heads up their asses? I, I, well, it started with Bateman. Now it looks like, Will, well, definitely Williams is gone. Now it looks like Hodgson's moving on. Whitehead's always been a bit, I don't know. What do you think? <sighs> well... <laughs> you so, sound bit, def- well, I am a bit, a bit defeat- deflated. It'd be okay if there was all this nonsense going on in their winning games, but of course they haven't been winning and they haven't been playing very well, and they just look like yeah, they just look like they don't like each other, and uh, there's no effort there. Like I watched it on the weekend where bloody Curtis Scott had a pretty good game. He took off uh, running, and it looked like he was you know streaking away. Any other side, there'd be about five blokes around him trying to get the ball. There was absolutely no one. Well, I've been around saying him and, all year they're not fit for yeah, a start. Well, it wasn't because this was in the first 20 minutes, I'm pretty sure. And so, and that's what made my mind up. I'm like, there's something wrong with these guys. And that's what came up. This all came up before Williams, uh, I think it was, yes, uh, Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, where he decided uh, he wasn't going to come to training. Well, yeah, well, something stunk two weeks ago or three weeks ago when he pulled out mysteriously right before a game with a hamstring mm. injury and then all of a sudden was right to go the next week. So that was obviously a lie. Yeah. He was right to go or right fit to play but just didn't want to. Yeah, and I still reckon there's something going on with Croker as well because he's just over, overcome his knee injury or his shoulder injury. Now he's got a knee injury and so I don't know. There's definitely something going on there. But if we can just talk about George Williams here for a second... A lot of the players of all, well, one player in particular, Josh Hodgson's come out and defended him and saying he's the best bloke ever and, um, you know, the club's in the wrong. Like, he's pretty much publicly come out and said that. And well, if he said that, then he's gone. Yeah, and he's also said that, oh, I'm not a bench player and blah, blah, blah. And so, anyway, just to quote Josh, he said, not once did 
And we're talking about George here. Not once did George kick stones or make a fuss and say that he didn't want to do X, Y, or Z. Obviously, this week about training, he couldn't come in. But, mate, we have all had them days when you've got dramas going on, you're a bit down in the dumps, and there are times when you need a bit of a day off. Oh, fuck me, Josh. He's getting paid $700,000 a year to kick a footy around. Go to training. Exactly. Jesus and that's what I'm Christ, saying. I'm so, if you've got, so if you've got a team that are banding around and they're all on the same page, then they say, you know what, George is wrong. He's in the wrong here. He didn't want to come to training. He doesn't want to play on the weekend. He's been agitating for a release all year. And yes, we know there's extenuating circumstances. He's pregnant, his wife's pregnant, and they've got no family over here except for his father apparently lives here in Perth, in Rockingham. So, I don't know, fly his father over or something. But I don't think the Raiders are in the wrong here. I do. I don't think the Raiders are in the wrong here because if you've got a player that doesn't want to play and doesn't want to turn up to training, what other option have you got? You've got to pun him. And so, of course, what? And the thing that gets me about this, right is that immediately he's come out and said it's the Raiders' fault. Like, he's come out on Twitter and said that he hasn't signed the release papers and that they booted him out and everything like that because I think he's suddenly realised that they don't have to pay him out for the rest of his contract for the rest of the year. So, presumably, he's probably made 300 grand already of it and so he wants his other 300 grand. So, now he's come out and he's saying it's the Raiders' problem. How about this? It's both their faults. He's an arsehole and the Raiders haven't exactly provided a a very stable working environment this year or, oh, no, not last year. Well, if he's got a problem with the coach or whatever, that's a whole separate thing. But he's coming out and saying that the Raiders haven't looked after his mental health, haven't looked after his family. Yeah, but we don't know anything about it. No, I don't either. But then I believe someone like Don Ferner, who's been the longest acting CEO in the rugby league history or whatever it is, Don Ferner Jr., I believe Don Ferner Jr. over a fucking halfback... (laughs) That wants to go home. I believe Don Ferner when he comes out and he says, look, we've tried everything to look after this kid. But what, what can they do? What can they do? They can't fly his family out here because of COVID. I don't know. Like, Don Ferner's not responsible for COVID, is he? Like, it's just a whole bunch of unfortunate circumstances. But if, you're a, if you've got any sort of character, you just suck it up and you go, okay, well, shit. My wife's pregnant or whatever, but and we don't have much support over here, but the club's doing everything they can. Like, what else can they do? They did. They bent over backwards for John Bateman. They bloody got John Bateman's daughter because that was a whole bloody sticking point with him, and, and he was homesick as well. So they flew his bloody daughter out here so that he could visit her and, and everything, and they did everything they could, and what does he do? He's done nothing but stick the boot into the club ever since he's gone back. Oh, I tell you what, and if... So if people are saying, okay, well, it's a Ricky Stewart problem, I'd say, yeah, it probably is half a Ricky Stewart, but then half of it is these other dickheads. That's what I just said. Yeah, well, (laughs) not the club. No, I'm I'm defending. I I think Don Ferner and Ricky Stewart are a whole different thing. I'm talking about the club as Don Ferner's kind of aspect Yeah, but we've been through this before, remember? Remember the whole David Shillington fiasco? There's been plenty of fiascos at the the Raiders with, um, with player unrest and... And you've got it, and it happens at every club. Yeah, at every club. But right. some manage it better than others, and the Raiders aren't very good at managing this sort of stuff because they're a very small town. They they have trouble keeping stuff under wraps. Well, and it seems to me that they got a whole bunch of blokes that don't want to be there. Like they go, "Oh, it's a great place for me and my family, and my missus and kids, and all of that." You know, like the family man kind of player. They seem to ha- have no problem with. But then, 
you know, if you believe James Hooper, which probably you shouldn't. No, God, no. I haven't believed the word he's ever said. You know, coming out and saying, oh, okay, well, why was your manager saying, what's it like living in living um, in Sydney next to the beach and all this sort of stuff? And just on that point, just on that point. So, Canberra, they say, oh, I have trouble attracting talent because of where it is and it's not near the beach and all of that. Me and you, okay, so we live 400 metres away from each other and we live probably 15 minutes from the beach. How many times did you go to the beach last year? Yeah, but it's a different thing. It's not many to answer your no, question. I'll tell you about three times. I reckon you went about probably three times and you live 15 minutes from the beach. Yeah, but we're a different. We're not earning 700 grand a year and with plenty of free time to be able to go and swan down there with our shirts off, are we? Yeah, but I'm saying that, like, what's the big attraction? What's the big point? Yeah, well, but like, that's, that's an age-old saga about Canberra. But they definitely get used as a as a um, a stepping stone into the NRL, especially when Ricky started bringing the the pommy blokes out and and then everyone clued up to it all. If Canberra will take pommies. Let's go out and play a year at, at the Raiders and then try and get a get a gig at the Roosters or something like that, just using them as a stepping stone, which you can't. There's plenty of blokes in the corporate world or in any job that'll take a job to use it as a stepping stone to the next to the next thing to where they want to get to. You yeah, can't well that, blame them for that. Well, that's fine. Be be upfront about it, or like, like you, you know, like uh, no, nobody's being upfront about that. You don't take a job and say, "Yeah, I'm just going to hang around." No, for a no. While but I then... mean, when you decide to leave, when you say, "Okay, I really want to oh, live yeah. in Sydney," okay, I want to live in Bondi so I can get my shirt off and go down the beach. Like you got to remember though, these blokes aren't exactly. They're not your everyday kind of. They're very, very egotistic. You got to be a certain type of personality to be a rugby league player. Let's not forget. And they 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 earn very different money to everybody else. It's a whole different world. I, I try and come at it from a different perspective, not your average Joe, I suppose. But back to back to my uh, point about Ricky. <laughs> he's obvious. Did you see his press conference? Oh yeah, where he said about thirteen words and then walked out. Well, I don't mind that. I don't mind that because Wayne Bennett does that every week, yeah, and, well, and everyone thinks he's the world's biggest character and and a legend of the game. So he can answer questions like that. But it was out of character for Ricky. He usually loves to tell everybody how he knows what's wrong and how he's going to fix it, and yeah. it's easy to fix. But he he had nothing. I actually, yeah, that's 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 what I think as well. I just don't think he's got any answers to this, and I think it might be a different kind of scenario that he's facing here where. He doesn't have the players on side. Like, I think last time when Bateman started being a goose and all of that, they just come off um, being a grand final side and, you know, still looking pretty good. But, yeah, well, when you're not got the success on the park and this stuff's happening. Yeah, and, and I think we spoke about it a few weeks ago. This is what I wanted to bring up is that um, – Remember when we were talking about how coaches can't tell players what to do or how to play or anything like they used to because there's yeah. this millennial attitude, you know, you can't talk to me like that, Entitlement, et cetera, et cetera. it's called. Entitlement. Well, don't don't you think that just follows on to exactly what we're seeing now? The coach can't tell a, like, sit a bloke down in his office and tell him to be an honourable sort of bloke and see out his contract and such and such because of that exact same reason. Ricky, an old school coach like Ricky can't can't handle these young blokes like he used to be able to even when even like at uh Cronulla but especially back when he started coaching at the Roosters when it was a bit more old school whereas bloke new age bloody oily men like Trent can do it on their ear <laughs> they get blokes into the office he starts talking <laughs> French 
you know, lights their smoke for him, tells him, <laughs> tells him how he's going to get Uncle Nick to buy him a new apartment in a Bentley, and everything's sweet. What's Ricky going to do? Tell him, oh, come, come around and have a schooner down at the bloody Page Tavern, and we'll sort it out. These millennial kids don't want to hear that kind of rubbish. Do they bounce back from here? I okay. So what? What's a bloke like Sam Williams thinking while all this is going well, on? So, and he's not really the ultimate club man because he's left him a couple of times because he hasn't really had the opportunity. But from all reports, he's a wonderful fella and like always does the right thing by the club and everything. And so he's been promoted straight into first grade on the back of this. Well, oh, that was going to be my next point is. Um, I'd rather like 2019 was fun and everything, but I'm not, I'm not used to, like, it's been since, not, since 1990, last good, good year, I reckon was 95, 96 perhaps. Mm-hmm. And since then I got, I've gotten quite used to being a, a bloody, like, I, and I love supporting the Raiders, even though they've been hopeless since I was, how old was I then? 20 years old. And I, and I loved that, and I really enjoyed 2019. But this club is more than... Oh, it's hard to put into words. Like, you want to win a comp, obviously. But I had more fun supporting the Raiders back when it was Campo and Tungy and Tommy Leroy Lars and all these knockabout... Troy Thompson, Troy Thompson Josh Miller. All them fellas that wanted to be there and they just wanted to play good hard footy. And if they won a couple of games every now and then, then who You know... Fantastic! We'll go and sing a song, and 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 maybe we'll get in the finals once every couple of years, and that but, that kind of attitude. But and Sammy Williams has been there since those days, <laughs> and he knows what it's like. And I don't care. I'll I'll support a team like that every day of the week. Yeah. So what does he do? Does he come in and he calm him down a bit? I reckon he does. I reckon he can. I reckon him and. Well, yeah, he's a talker on the field, for no, sure. But I mean, off the field, he's like, okay, boy, he just seems like that kind of calm sort of bloke that's going, okay, well, this is what's happened. And, and I, I'm sure you've got the George Williams camp and then you've got the Ricky camp, you know, so you've probably got these two factions. Who, who's going to bring them both together so that they can start winning well, a they can't, games? Well, they can't come, but they've got to write this year off. They've got to, get, they've got to go through the club, find all of the white ants and all the blokes that don't want to be there and just say... This is what we're, we're we're going back to being the battlers. <laughs> we're gonna come. We're gonna come eighth every second year. Do you want in or do you want out? And whoever says in, you put them in the one room, and the other blokes go in the other room and get on a plane to Bondi. And I think Sammy Williams can certainly lead a team like that around. I don't think he can win a comp. That's for sure. But I wouldn't mind at all if we just got back to a team full of good, good old fashioned good blokes. Not me. I want him to win. And there you go. Oh, God. I was at the bloody 2019 grand final. Yeah, I, I thought they were going to win. <laughs> and I was telling everyone they were going to win. And I've never I've never felt like that. Like, ever, ever since bloody 94, I haven't felt like that. I've had more good times at Bruce Stadium where you rock up expecting <laughs> to get flogged and you manage to jag a win. They're the days you want to be at Bruce. Not the days where you turn up against, like, when you come in second and you turn up and get flogged by the Titans. They're the days that you hate, and they're the ones that that grind in you like like little pebble, you know, little grain of sand, and they get bigger and bigger. And that, and then what happens is you blow up on a podcast like you just did. Now, round twelve, are we halfway? Yep, Indigenous round. 
Oh, I favorite. love Indigenous Round. My favourite round. It is actually my favourite round. All those beautiful it. jerseys. I saw on Twitter today that the West Tigers had some kids paint their boots for them. You should see the designs on oh, them. Oh, yeah, because South did the same thing as well. Every single player in South is wearing the uh, design boots. So, and the, yeah, different, different designs on every boot. Like, yeah, it's just marvellous. It's really good. Well, what I wanted to ask you coming into Indigenous Round is who's your favourite Indigenous player of the past and your favourite current Indigenous player? Oh, that's easy. Oh, okay. Laurie Daly and Jack Whiten. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have to think about that. Oh, Kenny Nake. Oh, Melvin Ing- Oh, bloody hell. You, you could just, you know what? You could have an Indigenous Raiders side that would be a Hall of Fame side. There's been a few, hasn't there? Joel Thompson. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Nagus, Johnny Chicka Ferguson. All the way back to Nana Grant. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, just a wonderful, uh, wonderful um, heritage. Well, I've thought long and hard about this. I, I think I know who you're going to say, but go. Who? Nathan Blacklock. No, no. Oh, a wonderful player, though. Yeah. Jeez, there's been some... Oh. I've, I've been tossing up. I think it's it's either Gordy Tallis. Oh, yeah. I think it is Gordy. Yeah. But you know who I had a real soft spot for back in the day? Dale Rowdy Shearer. Oh, God. How good was Rowdy? I watched him play live once with Dad at Parramatta Stadium. We were watching Parramatta versus Manly, and Rowdy absolutely tore the joint up like Tommy Turbo style. He was an unreal player. He destroyed them. Like, (laughs) destroyed them. There's a Twitter account called, called, I can't remember what it's called, but... (laughs) Every hour he posts a picture of, of Rowdy and he just puts, here comes Rowdy. <laughs> oh. Every hour on the hour. Goodness. He's looking real, isn't he in real estate or something now, Rowdy Shearer? I don't know, but geez, he was a player. And, oh. and Cliffy Lyons, I thought about him. Joel Thompson, who I just mentioned, I loved I loved Joel Thompson. Mm. I still do. Mm. Um, and the current, my favourite current Indigenous player, that's a tough one. I think it might be Josh Adokar. No, no, maybe Blake. Oh, Fergo. Yeah, yeah. Fergo's your favourite. I don't know. There's heaps. I would, two years ago, I would have said Jack White 100%, but he's gone off the boil. Oh, you, yeah, you're off him a bit now, aren't you? Who but, else are we talking about? We're talking about Nathan Merritt. Oh, bloody. Oh, there's been plenty, oh, of, plenty of wonderful players going wonderful. back in time. Eric Sims apparently was Indigenous back mm. in the 60s. A real famous rugby league player. I didn't know that. But just you mentioned Mal there before. Reading through some of the top Indigenous players in, in the history of rugby league, Mal rarely comes up. And I wonder if that's because he, he's Torres Strait Islander. Is yeah. that right? Oh, I'm not too sure. I'm not sure um, how... How he categorizes himself, if he even does. But anyway, um, yeah, and I also thought of Laurie, obviously. Oh, how could you go past Laurie? Some abs. Oh, Preston Campbell. Presto. Well, Presto's son's about to make his he debut. He is too. I hope um, he goes well. Yeah, David Peachy. Oh, my goodness. Like, even you could bloody name a, just from the central western New South Wales area, you could probably name a bloody first grade side. Well, young Will Kennedy from the Sharks is going bloody unreal at the moment. Yeah, but it's going to be a wonderful round. I I can't wait to see the, um, the jerseys and, and the, and the pageantry. It's going to be unreal. I can't wait.
Well, round 11 threw up some stinkers in a couple of good games, I suppose. Let's talk about them. Cowboys 36, Knights 20. Newcastle very poor. Poor defence. And they look unfit. They look unfit like uh, a few hands on hips and stuff about bloody 20 minutes in, I thought. Did they get a blasting off Adam? Did, did Adam punch them all in the guts? Well, I don't know what's going on there, but I don't know. Well, you, you could argue they don't really have much cattle. But uh, they got some pretty good players. Sure, they have. They got heaps of good players. Yeah, I don't know. Something very wrong going up there with Adam O'Brien. I think. I bit think of, he's um, a problem. Yeah, a bit of bloody, bit of uh, Raider-esque um, fitness levels, and maybe even a few white ants in that team. I reckon there's a few blokes don't look happy. No, no, and uh, Val Holmes didn't do his Origin chances any any uh, harm. Well, I was going to talk about him. He's looking very good again, but I suppose if you're getting off, I think one of those tries that he scored, or maybe his only try, but it came off three six against in a row, and Val just scored, like strolled over probably against 11 men. Yeah, it wasn't much of a game. Let's move on. Warriors 30, uh, 30 sorry, over West Tigers 26. Oh, this is good. This is a nail-biter at the end there. I actually thought the Tigers were going to get up. Yeah, this was a good game, and despite my feelings about defence, there wasn't much on show. But um, yeah, it was exciting. At least it went down to the wire, and and it um, it was a ding dong battle. But he changed. I think the lead changed four or five times. Yeah, it was a good one. And uh, Roger running a muck out there on the wing. Mm. You see when he burnt BJ, <laughs> bloody hell, he took off and BJ. Hasn't Roger just got the world's? I mean, you've got a, a fairly big date. <laughs> but Rogers is massive. Oh, that's good though. That's what he needs. He's d- it's, yeah, it's like a, a, a fuel tank for his <laughs> for his thighs or something. I only know. I can't believe I haven't noticed it before. He's got a gigantic oh, ass. Well, I'm going to have to have a look again this yeah. week. Well, I mean, uh, when I oh, it's it's certainly not unattractive. Oh no! Yeah, no, big bums on men looks <laughs> looks awesome. Not like you, where your legs just join up to your back. Oh, I can't help it. Mate. But uh, geez, didn't the wingers? <laughs> <laughs> these wingers on the weekend, buddy Tommy Talao, Montoya, holy crap! Oh, shockers! Yeah. Holy crap! Poor and, old uh, Marcelo. Is it Marcelo Montoya? Yeah. Oh, geez, he made a meal of that try. But before that, he, he was sticking up the joint. Yeah, but geez, he got a couple of gifts. But uh, what I just want to say on Blake Laurie. He's a real good player. He's just not big enough. They're running over the top of him. Yeah, and he gets pushed back a lot too yeah, on those just, carries. Oh, he might may... be good if he put on about six or seven date kilos. Yeah, like, well, he like needs around to, the buttocks. Yeah, he needs to get a physique like um, like Thompson. And uh, Walsh didn't do his uh, yeah special. You know how oh, he is. He is actually a special player. I think he might be one of these once in a. One in a million types. Well, he's not getting as many raps as Sam Walker at the moment, but I think he's certainly as Well, good, I'm going to talk about Walker in our wrap-up of that game, but um, oh. I reckon he's twice the player Walker is. Twice? Well, <whistles> to, we'll talk about Walker in a minute. 13-12, the Sharks over the Dragons in a nail-biter. The local derby, Derby. This is a pretty good game, I've got to say. Well, I think Paul Vaughan's 10 minutes that he copped was pretty rough. Uh, he hit him in the head. That, that's and that see there's there's falling. confusion. Well, that a, a was couple one of those got, ones that could have. That was one of those ones. There was a lot that got penalised over the weekend and put on report, but no ten minutes. That's what I'm talking about. It was definitely a penalty, but I don't think he should have got ten. Well, minutes someone got warned twice on the, uh, like put on report twice and didn't get didn't get a bin on the. Yeah, I think there's still some fine tuning, but 
Like, if you hit him in the head, you got to go off. Uh, maybe there's a fight, but an oh, argument for no. a five yeah, minutes. Yeah, well, there was heaps of blokes getting hit in the head that weren't getting sent off for ten minutes. But, but that anyway. was, I don't think that that was, certainly wasn't a turning point. No, no. Well, there was a tackle. That, well, speaking of tackling styles, did you see Dukes get ironed out? It was in the first three minutes or something. <laughs> Holy crap, he cop. Or he's just the target for massive hits at well, the moment. Well, everyone hates him. That's why. Well, jeez. And, uh... Yeah, but there was some good stuff in this game. Like uh, we talked about it before about um, Kennedy at the back. Like, mm. geez, he's an emerging talent, isn't he? And, um, Terrific. Okay, so do you put Ben Hunt in your origin side? No, God, no. He played pretty good on no the weekend. Near it. There was a couple where he like a good try-saving tackle. and uh, You heard my team last week. He's well, not coming anywhere near it. And also I've got here, should Dugan have been sent off? He got 10 minutes and he was big swinging arm and um, he should have got sent off, I reckon. Uh, if you can remember back yeah. that far anyway I'm nitpicking here but uh, it was a pretty good game went down to Golden Point <sighs> was it Golden Point or did they win it oh yeah they no, did it was too Golden Point and then um, yeah. yeah and then Cronulla dribbled one over somehow uh, <laughs> after Chad after they spread it wide that's right they were camped out in their own tent and then they finally decided to just spread it out wide and they bloody got down the that's other right. end and, and and got the field goal he, so, uh, he had about eight minutes to kick it it was a pretty easy kick in the end and got dropped for his uh trouble this weekend bullshit chad townsend got dropped they put moylan in and sean johnson chad townsend's not even in the 17 but we'll talk about that later titans 30 defeated the poor old hapless bulldogs 20. That wasn't a bad game, though. Like, Bulldogs actually showed a bit, I thought. Disagree. Horrible really? game. This was a disgraceful game of oh, football. Oh, I like to say every game is good because <laughs> I just, you know. I, well, just I love enjoy the footy as much as anyone. <laughs> but I don't enjoy this. Was This was A, high scoring, B, zero defence, C, oh, okay, neither team should have won. Well, well <laughs> they, they should have. Well, the, the team that had AJ Brimson because he was sparkling. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, come on. Oh, come on, Brimson. He was good, but what is he up against? Like yeah, the Raiders yeah, yeah, beat yeah, the Bulldogs last week. you got to put him in You got to put him in the Queensland Well, side. he's in That's my right. team. Yeah, well, good. And uh, Fonuaka, sorry, Fonuaka. He's in my team too, remember? Oh, is he just bloody hell? He was damaged and started a fight and everything. Oh, I, he's becoming one of my favourites. There's been plenty of media types listening to my um, team from last week because I've heard fellas on Fox Sports saying they're putting Blake in. I thought that was a mind blower, all of my very own, but oh. people are coming around. They're listening to the program. I've got the analytics. 34 <laughs> Broncos 34 <laughs> defeated the Roosters 16 at the SCG. Who oh. saw this coming? Well. Not us. You know what? Roosters dropped the lip. That's all I can explain about this. So like let Radley getting penalised left, right and centre and they dropped their lip. They dropped their lip. They and were they behind. Lost the game. They were behind. What was it? Ten nil or twelve nil? Maybe after about fifteen minutes, and and then I think the Roosters decided that this just would not do, and then <laughs> and um <laughs> and uh, like you were saying before, uh, Pangai um, decided for once in his life to take it to him, like everybody knows that he can. Oh, wouldn't if you're a Broncos fan, when he's just sitting back going, why the. F- don't they play like this all the time? Pangai Jr. running amok. And and Haas and Lodge were just oh. wrecking balls and they, they really and then sat you got the roosters like, on their ass. Then you got bloody, they bring Kelly back, Albert bloody Kelly from wherever, and then they got blokes like David. David Mead must be 48 years old, is he? And he's the fastest bloke on the field. You know what Kelly did right? 
What's he, that? He just kicked simply, and yeah, every yeah. time he put a kick up, apart from when he was getting shouldered in the head by Radley, <laughs> he chased it. Yes. Which you watch, you watch Milford. Will not re- he refuses oh, yeah, to chase too, his own kicks? Too but, precious. But Kelly was just putting them up in the air and chasing through and bringing all these blokes with him, saying, yeah, "Come yeah. with me, boys." And a handy little forty twenty there as well. And yeah, um, it was just a perfect, simple game, and that's all they've needed, I reckon. Um, and th- like there was still a few pretty dodgy performances from the Broncos, but they certainly did enough to get over the Roosters, as we know. Well, didn't Walker come back to earth? Yeah, well, exactly, because they got out and targeted him, and that's what Radley had the shits about, was that Pangai was running at him. How dare you yeah, run how at dare my half? Yeah, how run straight at him, and like, God, it's not rocket science, you blokes, but then again, they're not rocket scientists. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if you want to talk about the Storm beating the Raiders 34-10, but we, we all, the, the Raiders got out to a 10-0 lead. I, okay, well, what I want to say about this is Corey Horsborough can't get picked again for the whole no, season. No, I don't think any of them can get picked again. Curti- I thought Curtis got showed a bit of an effort oh <laughs> i don't know i i, I was bailey simonson just dumb bailey Simon. i know wingers aren't meant to be rocket scientists but jesus christ bailey's doing some stupid stuff out there and there has to be a better option at fullback there just has to be they're just that i know you bought akins from penrith and it just because he played at penrith doesn't mean he's any good no. like come on there has to be a better option there's there's nothing. Oh, there's gotta be like put anybody in there. Put Papali'i at bloody fullback. I'm, there has to be somebody better than a Caleb Aiken. Sorry, Caleb, if you're listening. Uh, Panthers fifty six <laughs> defeated oh, the Rabbitohs God. twelve. What do you say about this? I love <laughs> I love the wash up about this. Apparently, Bennett told him to get the shower and then get the fuck out of here. No, nobody. Um, he didn't tell him anything. Oh, he didn't tell. He him didn't anything. even go into the sheds. No, he just went straight to the press conference. He, t- he told someone, <laughs> told one of the staff to tell him to go and have a shower and then get on the bus. <laughs> and I think Damien Cook said, um, <coughs> said that's the worst thing you can hear from a coach. <laughs> he didn't yeah, hear he anything. Didn't hear anything. You heard it secondhand from somebody. But imagine but... If, if imagine if Ricky Stewart did that and it got out to the press. That, oh, I know. There'd be knives we'll see, out. Yeah, we'll see, I'm laughing about it because it was Wayne Bennett because I actually found that. Funny. Usually, I don't find him funny, but uh, but geez, so you got to put a petulant. You got to put a line through South this year, well, don't you? They asked that. They asked Benji that last night on NRL three hundred and sixty, and he got very testy about it. Well, how would Benji know? He didn't even get played. No, but he said they were all putting in as much effort. It's very like a, a go back to the Raiders again, where they're saying that all the efforts there, but it's not. Yeah, and, and then well, but. And then they, and then Buddy Bennett comes out and says, "Oh, you don't put Benji on because he can't, defe- he can't, can't defend. Can't Yeah, he's not the world's best defender. It's like, how's that not a kick well, in the guts to a yeah. bloke who's been one of your best players all year? If anyone's got the right to to drop the lip and storm out, it'd be Benji because oh, no, saying he's not putting him on because he's not the world's greatest defender when your team's just got fifty six put on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if he's not the world's best defender, then there's bloody thirteen other blokes out there that aren't either. But I'll say it again about the Panthers, P. E D <laughs> twenty eight to six the Sea Eagles over the uh, Parramatta Reels. This was a highly enjoyable game. I, I actually thought this was my favourite game of the round. It was a terrific game. Um, a really good huge game. crowd there. Holy crap! That was a massive crowd there. Yeah, it was. all there to see Fergo. 
Because um, it was in heels. Is it? I don't like the light there, though. Something funny going on. It's like this one here at Perth where they don't have the big light tower. They just got the lights. Um, oh, yeah, the LEDs uh, around it. Yeah, and there's the... millions of them. But, um, I don't like it. I think it might actually be better for the players, but I, I don't think they're actually worrying about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, how about... Uh, Brad Parker and Reuben Garrick. Well, I was just going to say, Reuben Garrick almost played himself into my origin <laughs> oh, team. God, he played. He's played himself into my heart already. Man, he had a good game. Oh God, he was electric. And Unreal. then the poor bugger trying to take the conversion, and then the siren going off. Did they work out what was going on there? Is it a timer, or it's did someone the, press the button? It's on a timer. Uh, but, okay, but they can override, override it, obviously. It, sure. Yeah. So I think I think Graham Annesley's made a point to tell it. But who? Oh, come on. The the Titans used to make a big bomb sound when you when the, when you were taking a conversion. Yeah, I think Rudy was being a bit precious, wasn't he? Yeah, it's he not, wasn't going to get that kick. It's anyway. not golf. Um, not, speaking of golf, did you see Lefty? Oh, I love Phil. Speaking of blokes, I love. He's another one I love. Hitting hellacious seeds, <laughs> activating the, the carbs at the PGA. Man, he's unreal. Uh, but I digress. Yeah. So I wanted to just say, so Tur- Tommy Turbo obviously has got this huge rap on him being an attacking player. Did you see his goal line defence? Oh, Tommy's the, the he's full the full package. package. <laughs> Holy crap! He's he's got to win the daily, even though he's had about. How many weeks on the off on from shower related injuries? Well, it just reiterates my point that you got to if if Freddie's got a brain in his head, he puts him at fullback. But we all know. Well, Freddie said that Luai has no chance of getting. Well, he reckons he's going to put Jack White in at oh, five eight. So they deserve to lose by a lot <laughs> if they do that. Well, if they don't put Tommy Turbo at fullback, then they're nothing. Well, as we mentioned, round 12 is Indigenous round and we're looking forward to it with relish. Well, most games anyway, all the ones in, not involving the Raiders. Mm. Uh, who kicks us off this week? It looks like Broncos Storm. Thursday. Thursday. Uh, Coach Kevin Walters expressed confidence that Reese Kennedy will play. Wow. Do you know who that is? I've heard of him. Dale Copley's our 18th man. Uh, now, here's the big news. Anthony Milford has been given a third chance. <laughs> a third reprieve. Replacing suspended uh, Tyson Gamble. Yeah, but that's what it is, isn't it? He's only ever replacing blokes. Yeah, do you reckon, is Milf going to take this as an opportunity to win his way back oh, into the hearts God and minds? No. God, you know what he'll do? He'll try and bloody... Have a blinder so that bloody Raiders will pick him up to replace Alt, mate. I'll tell you, I, I think I said it on the on the group chat. If Raiders sign Milford, I'm just going to follow the A-League. You'll be listening to A-League indeed next yeah. year. Well, no, we'll just do another podcast on true crime or something because there's not many of them around. We'll talk about stuff we actually know about, like, uh, <coughs> I don't know. Restringing guitars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Herbie, Th- Herbie Farnworth's back. That's a big in for mm-hmm. them. He's terrific. Kenar and Pakes drop off the bench. Um, Stags and Glenn are still out. Um, and the big news for Melbourne is Christian Welch is yeah, out, he's out with a swollen knee. Mm, big loss. <laughs> and he's... How does that keep you out of a game of top-flight rugby league yeah, football? I don't know. Maybe he's got fluid on the caps or something. I don't know. <laughs> it seems weird to me. I like to say fluid. Jerome Hughes is back after his late withdrawal that didn't hurt them against the Raiders. Obviously, Cooper John's going back. Um, Chris Lewis is back in the number six jersey. He's nice and terrible, but 
mm. got over the top of the Raiders. Pappenhausen's still out. Um, now, just to touch on last week's tips, five apiece. Oh, really? I thought, oh, I know why, because I tipped the bloody Tigers, didn't I? Uh, you tipped the Tigers, I got the Warriors, but I tipped the Dragons mm. and you tipped the Sharks. Did I? Yes. Uh, I tipped the stupid Rabbitohs, you tipped the Panthers, but I tipped Manly and you tipped Para, so it kind of all evened oh, out. Oh, did I tip Para? Yeah, but the score is 53 to 48, so I'm still maintaining. Mm, all right. Anyway, what do you think in this one? Broncos, Storm. I think Storm. Oh, geez, I'd love to tip the Broncos here. I Not really with wouldn't. Milford. Jeez, if they didn't have Milford, I probably would go them. But yeah, but Herbie. <sighs> and, and and Storm are still missing all their big names, aren't they? Yeah, but like you said last week, didn't seem to have still got the systems. Yeah, but they were playing the Raiders. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, they just but <laughs> turned it up. Yeah. Uh, I'm going Broncos. Okay, good. I'll go Storm. There you go. I'll give you one. <laughs> uh, Cowboys Warriors Friday. Uh, Ooh, at 1-800-SMILES. Hess returns from a head knock. Talmalolo's Tal back um, oh, after no, being suspended. No, he's oh, out. sorry, he's, sorry. He's yeah, suspended. He's suspended. Along so. with Lachlan Burr, who needs to change his tackling technique because that's the second time he's been Yeah, there, He needs to change his technique, that kid, because he keeps getting... He's a liability. Like uh, Radley. Mm. Uh, Tabuai Fadau takes the place of Limelu. And uh, Lachlan Burr and Francis Molo are out. Is that right? Is that what it says on your sheet? Uh, yeah, Molo, yep. And uh, Burr and Tamalolo, yep. Uh, Reese Walsh retains the number one jersey for the Warriors with uh, Roger choosing to stay on the wing, which he, they kind of float in between back yeah. and forth, don't they? Roger's chop, a good chop winger. Chop and change. Roger's a good winger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's a hell of a fullback. Yeah, true. I think um, Reese is best just popping up uh, like a little running lock or something yeah. like that. Electronic. Plenty of options. Haven't uh, they? Bunty O4 and Ben Murdoch Masilla go back to the interchange bench with Kane Evans and Jack Murchie coming up. That's a good bench. Oh, yeah. They're a good team. Yeah, they are. I think I might start going for them this year. I think I'm done with the Raiders. I'll start being a Warriors man. Uh, I'm going to go for the Warriors here. Yeah, me too. We'll have to split that one. Warriors, Warriors it is. Next up, we have the Tigers versus the Dragons. Mm, this will be Second a good game, game on Friday. James Roberts is back. I don't know why. At the expense of BJ. Uh, yes, indeed. BJ was nice and hopeless again on the weekend. I thought he was dreadful. What if the Raiders sign him again? Oh, wonderful. Then I will be going for the Warriors. <laughs> I'll be going for the Perth Pirates. Uh, Jake, Jake um, Simpkin drops back to the interchange. Tom Amoni's back for the for the Tigers. They've won their last three against the Dragons. Josh Carr misses a week after. Oh, they've got all kinds of um, suspension problems, don't <laughs> they've they? They've had to bring Gerard Beal back. Yeah, Gerard, Jared. I'm going to call him Gerard. I think it is Gerard Beal. Is it? No. Gerard Beal, Gerard Beal. I don't know. Yeah, so they've dragged him out of somewhere. Uh, Cody Ramsey, Jaden Hunt, and Max Finoy all all failed HIAs, so they're all kind of iffy, I think, at the moment. Oh, because Ramsey got coat hanged when he was running down the down the middle after a big break, didn't he? Yeah, but I, I don't think any of this matters because I think the Dragons are done for. Yeah, they. Mm. <sighs> I'm going Tigers. Oof. <laughs> uh, mm. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go the Dragons here. All right. 
Jack Bird, Cody Ramsey, Corey Norman, Ben. Yeah, I'm going Dragons. All right, good. Uh, Panthers Bulldogs first game on Saturday. What do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm not even going to read through Don't the teams. Don't worry about it. Panthers. That's first versus last. How they how they manage this matchup on such a big occasion? Well, I, I think the line. Oh, I can't remember what it was. Some astronomical line in the betting markets, but the Bulldogs are twenty-one dollars. The Panthers dollar oh, one. But you wouldn't back them for the life of you, would you? There's an absolute. This is one of those games where you just go. There's absolutely no way in the world that there could be an upset. Could you have said that about Brisbane versus Roosters? Yeah, last definitely. Week, I think that's what I'm going back to our conversations at the start <laughs> of the year. I always think that. Any team can beat any other team on their day, but this is one of those occasions where you just know it's not going to happen. Yeah. I, I think the the rate, well, the the Broncos Roosters game was the second highest rating of all time. I think this one's going to be the <laughs> lowest, <laughs> unless people will like you know car crash TV where you just can't look away. But it's going to be an absolute massacre. Rabbitohs versus Eels. This is the next game on Saturday. This I think will be a round uh, match of the round. Yeah. This has got all the hallmarks of being a beaut. Cameron, if you're a betting person, get on the draw. There you go. <laughs> hey, I forgot to tell you, there was a debutant who scored a try last week. Uh, it wasn't the Raiders kid. No, no, I forget who it was. It's in my notes. Anyway, go on and I'll find him. Uh, Cameron Murray is back. Jacob Host is back. Uh, Liam Knight, the Aeroguard guy, uh, goes back. And so does Jaden Sewell, which is strange. He had a really good game. He was, he was one of those guys that was showing people how you do tackle properly. Yeah, he's a very good player. He's an so absolute I... missile. And what he's dropped, did you he's, say? They've dropped him. Jeez, oh, yeah. Well, they said that oh. Wayne was going to swing <laughs> the axe. <laughs> Maybe jeez. he just didn't tell anyone oh, and they had to name their own team. Oh. Maybe he hasn't been in touch all week. Uh, Eels prop Regan Campbell-Gillard took the early plea on a high tackle charge and misses this week. Oregon Kafusi moves to the uh, starting side and Nia Kore goes back to the bench, which I think is the best spot for him. Dylan Brown's still out. Um, yeah, gee, this is a tough one. Um, Souths will be stinging, but so will Para after yeah. both like last round losers. I'm just going to go for who I like more, and that's Souths. Really? You like Souths more than Parramatta? Hell yeah. Well, see, I reckon Parramatta have got the number one... Second rower in the comp in Isaiah Papali'i. Papali'i. I just never like. I've uh, never liked Para, even though there are oh, really? heaps of good blokes in that team this year. I just don't. Well, well Regan well, Campbell Gillard's the main reason. Speaking of blokes that, well, he's not even playing. But speaking of care. blokes that have come down, back down to earth, bloody old Brycey Cartwright had a shocker on the weekend last week. So and how can you tip? How can you go for a team with Mitch Moses in it? I don't mind Moses. I don't mind Moses. No. Oh, I don't know. Jeez, I don't so you're going para? No, I'm going bloody south. Oh. <laughs> of course I'm going <laughs> south. I'm going south. But you know what? I reckon Parramatta. Oh, south. South. Roosters Raiders next up. Uh, Victor Radley, as we said, five matches. Angus Crichton got two after his late dog shot uh, that also went to the judiciary. Um, Isaac Liu goes from, this is a bit complicated, goes from prop to lock. Takiaho goes to prop from the bench. Uh, the, the kid who punched one of the other kids, the para kid in the back of the head comes in for Fido, is it? Yeah. Uh, Josh Morris is back. Joseph Suwali goes back to the, he's been dropped altogether after his inauspicious debut. Yeah, geez, Everyone forgot about him, didn't they? Yeah, he did the, nothing. The Broncos certainly, um, 
put oh, a... Oh, that was... Who did that big AFL leap straight up over the top of him? Was it Isako or... No, I don't no, know. I think it was Coates. Coates. Yeah. Jesus, that was a beautiful grab, as they say over here. Yeah. Um, and... Whiten and Hodgson are both back. Rapiner comes back at the expense of bloody Sammy Valamay, who I think was one of the only blokes had a go. Really? So they've dropped him and not... <sighs> oh, my God. Right. I was going to tip Raiders, but now I'm not. And, of course, Williams um, granted the immediate release. Tommy Starling stays at nine. Hodgson to the bench. Soliola's back. Hudson Young has been dropped, I think. Oh, yeah, he has. Uh, Whitehead... Nearly popped his finger out, but he's okay. Chance Nickel clocks ads out for the rest of the year. Just it's just one shit sandwich after another. Oh, absolutely. At the Raiders. Rabble. But uh, so Hudson Young, I agree with them dropping him. But drop Corey Osborne for God's sakes. Oh, he's awful. Drop him for God's sakes. And if you got all these bloody problems, then why don't you bring in this Schneider kid if he's the future? Like Jesus Christ, at least make it a year where you can rebuild or something. Ah, fucking go. I'm going for Easts. Raiders for me. <laughs> what? I'm going Raiders. They're going to win this. Oh, God. How? Uh, I'm just making up ground on the back of your emotion. Ah. Actually, no, extending my lead, I should say. Right. Sharks Titans Sunday, 2 o'clock. <laughs> this will be a good game. You know where this is? Yeah. Coffs Harbour. Ooh, wonderful. At CEX International Stadium. What's Coffs Harbour? That's a beautiful part of the world. I, you know what? I lived in Coffs Harbour for three weeks. Hmm. <laughs> Couch surfing, were you? I was. <laughs> it's Real. You were like David Carradine. You just walked the earth like a natural man. <laughs> and they've got a. There's a pub there called the Hoey Moey. Oh, yeah, we used to good. go down there a lot. Uh, now, Moani Hirotti, Josh Dugan, and Teague Wilton is all are all out. Josh got suspended, did he? I hope. Not Surely. sure what happened. Surely. Uh, Sean Johnson. Hello, Donnie Ferner. Sean Johnson, he's your only choice. Uh, has again been named to return from his ham injury, but may not come back. Who knows? Mm. Fafita's back on the bench after being left out last week. Speaking of clubs in messes, um, Fafita, this is Titans Fafita, I should say, uh, comes back for the Titans. And what's the other news and- with these guys? Ash Taylor's... Um, on the reserves list uh, after his hip injury, but I don't think he'll come back in. Oh, no, I think he's off contract as well, isn't he? Yeah, but don't Donnie. Watch the Raiders fly no. in. Watch him. Watch Donnie, him. no. Well, you know what? I got it on good authority from some bloke at the under six training that Gareth Widdop's been signed by the Raiders, but Jesus I don't know. Jesus Christ. I, don't know I will follow the A League. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm going Titans. Uh, hmm. Sharks are in though. disarray. Yeah, Titans for me too. They're your faves. You've got to go on your second faves. Well, or well, maybe your main faves. They haven't been great this year. Or awful. Let's be honest, but geez, Tino's back, so. No, nice Well, Tino versus, was back last week. He uh, had a good game. Yeah, he was. He, he's a good player. When doesn't he play good? Knights versus Seagulls is the last game, is it? Yes. Yeah, last game on Sunday. Kalen uh, Ponga and Bradman Best are both back on deck. Kurt Mann goes from fullback to 5'8". And Blake uh, Green's retired. Yeah, he re- retired immediately. That was a bit of a shock, but he hasn't mm. been going great. So He did the old, oh, my body can't keep up with me. Uh, Carl Lawton stays in for the, the Sea Eagles after a good game. He was really good last week. 
Um, Dylan Walker and Kieran Foran are not expected back, so that helps them. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, They're bloody duds. Keep them out forever. Manly are much better without those idiots. Tommy T's had uh, eight tries in his last six games and God knows how many um, assists. Yeah, and he gave old Jason Saab a beautiful spray on the weekend, so I think that only helps. Imagine getting sprayed by Tommy. You just nod. Well, that's what he did. He just nodded and said, yes, Tommy. <laughs> well, you, what else are you going to say? <laughs> well, he was right. Uh, this is a bit of a no-brainer, no I'm sure you'll agree. Yeah, manly, 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 manly. I like oh, manly right. at the moment. Oh, they're top four Smokies. Yeah, you I could, like them, but, but they well, seem actually, like a good bunch of fellas. Yeah, not even Smokies at the moment. They're probably odds on to, yeah. to be top four. Who would have thought it at the start of the year, though? They started pretty bad, didn't they? But oh. then old mate came back after he slipped in the shower and look at him. Awful. Uh, good luck with your tips, mate. Take me across to the other side Well, thank you for listening to League Indeed again for another week. A very, very, very emotional episode this week. But we got a lot off our chests. We solved a lot of problems, didn't we? Uh, a big thanks to 46 Brigade, whose new single we've used throughout this episode. The new single is called Fall In Line. You can check it out on Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, the new single, the video is up on YouTube. You can watch 46 Brigade live at The Scene. That's The Scene Music TV on YouTube check it out and i just want to give a quick shout out to my hairdresser jess from my hair lady she came and she did all of the family's hair this week and i'll tell you what if you don't have a hairdresser that comes around to your house you're nothing the last haircut i had was down at the darts shops before a job interview and i gotta tell you the bloke did a terrible job that's why you get your consistency see from someone coming around to your house so uh, that was about 18 months ago oh no probably more now. now you look like Ross Noble. <laughs> Don't look good. Except um, you're not 180 kilos like Ross Noble. Shout out to Ross Noble. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Yeah,